Hey guys, welcome to episode 211 of the podcast as Boys of Summer continues. It is drawing to a close. I feel like my whole summer just kind of disappeared in a flash. Um, I guess it's because I was working. Because you know how that is. I hope everyone has had a wonderful summer and uh, we have uh, at least one more episode to go with boys. Um, And I want to get some shout outs out there. Uh, Dana, I want to thank you so much for your Facebook post about uh, seeing some Boys of Summer graffiti in Kansas City. Ashley for uh, letting me know about, of course, the Netflix and of Green Gables that's forthcoming. And all of you who mentioned that to me on Twitter, too. Yes, I am excited. Am I nervous? You're damn right I am. Uh, I want to thank uh, Charlotte um, for contacting me about wondering if I'm going to be doing more cast um, podcasts with uh, You're the Worst folks. And uh, the answer is absolutely. Uh, I love, 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 love this cast. And I, of course, have uh, had the pleasure of podcasting most of the girls Um And it's just been so hard to get the boys because of schedules and me being gone all the time or we're working all day uh, without enough of a break. So please know that's in my mind and um, I'm hoping to figure something out sometime soon. Uh, I want to thank Adam and Daniel for your wonderful emails. And I also want to uh, just read you a quick thing uh, regarding a fundraiser that Nurse has going on that I'm very proud to uh, help endorse. Best Friends Animal Society has a fundraiser called Strut Your Mutt on October 22nd in LA and we created a team Nerdist for it. It's a dog walk and festival featuring photo booths, free dog products, food trucks and more. You don't even have to own a dog to participate or you can sign up and do what they call a virtual walk. It's $35 to join the Nerdist team or you can donate any amount towards the team as a general donation and all the money goes to homeless animals. So just go to Nerdist backslash Strut Your Mutt team to join or donate and I'm going to read this to you uh, because it's definitely a little bit of a funky um, URL. It's actually N-E-R-D-I dot S-T slash strut your mutt team. S-T-R-U-T-Y-O-U-R-M-U-T-T-T-E-A-M. And I'm sure you can Google that if you need to. But so it's a little bit funky. But again, that's uh, nerdy dot st- strut your mutt team with that uh, with that backslash or forward slash i don't know the difference between backslashes and forward slashes guys this one looks like it's leaning to the right um okay uh enjoy the episode with sam he's awesome and uh talk to you next time on the podcast now entering nerdist.com Are these your leggings? Let them. <laughs> there's, no, there's a whole <laughs> other thing happening for me. I, you know what? F them. I don't even care. Also, you can curse on my podcast. So oh, I, but delightful. this character who's angry and rebelling against something unnamed yeah? clearly doesn't curse. No. That's, that's that character. Yes. Let him. Let him. Some taken. Okay. This is a, first of all, have I ever sat across from someone who had a cat face? While, while we were recording, probably this not. This could also be a rat face. Could be cat face. You should could know be that. Rat face. Yeah. Um, 
you didn't do that to yourself. There was a makeup person. Who did Actually, that. what we're dealing with here is a um, a Jack Nicholson Joker type situation. You fell into a vat of yes. Cat food? I was fallen into a, a vat of cat food, <laughs> and now I wake up like this. And it's oh. it's actually makeup I put on every other day. I see, I see. To make me not just look, look like, like this. a flesh colored person. Yes, once again. Yes. Uh, well, you look adorable. Thank you so much. The beard definitely sells it as the being beard more plays. masculine. The beard plays. The beard plays. Uh, and you have double arm garters. I believe these are garters. Yeah, arm garters. And do people wear them on their arms in in? Situations that don't involve a woman having a, one on at her wedding? <laughs> as far as I know, yes. I, I think that's like uh, an old-timey bartender. It's an old-timey bartender thing. You keep your tips in there sometimes if you don't have anywhere to put them. Oh. Uh, Seems I don't, flaunty. I, yeah, I agree. Dangerous. showing it off. Yeah. I'm sure there's other uh, uh, uses for the arm garters, mm-hmm. uh, but they're probably very dated and don't apply to common sense anymore. I feel like I want to see you at an old-timey upright piano. For sure. Oh, boy. But I don't want to see you until I've pushed open the saloon door. Right, right. And you Except need me, and I have to be mid-solo. Yeah. When you walk in. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have any requests? Would you like some ragtime? I require some ragtime. Done and dunner. It's possible I was going to try to make up a quick ragtime song, and I suddenly couldn't think of anything. That's All I okay. wanted to say was... Little Orphan Annie. Oh. Which is, that's like a 1930s. Yeah, I don't think that's quite right. I'll give you some Maple Leaf Rag by okay, Scott Joplin. Great. Oh, I thought you were going to do it oh, right now. Oh, no, I can't. First off, oh, to, to my knowledge, there's no lyrics. Well, that's The Entertainer, also by Scott Joplin. Is that ragtime? That is ragtime, to a degree, yeah. I mean, it's called The Entertainer. It troubles me that it's called that, yet Billy Joel didn't write it. That's true. There's the other entertainer by Billy Joel. Doesn't it feel like yeah. he should have a TM sign behind every entertainer? He should. Even though this one fully precluded. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He is the entertainer. Now I feel like I was going to avoid talking about what we're both doing. Not out of disrespect, because no. I think we're both very excited about being here. You know we are. Um, But because I just didn't know if I wanted to go down the road of talking about because once you start talking about it, there's so many elements to this show that we're doing yeah. that it becomes difficult to talk about anything else. That I said, understand. now I've described what you're wearing. So I feel like I have to acknowledge that we are returning to mutton stuff. Yes. Sid and Marty Croft. That is correct. Caesar. Milan. Milan. Dogs. Large puppets. Small children. Still somehow more tightly run than almost every show I've ever been on. <laughs> well, and you're working with children you and dogs. Yeah. If your set is not well run... It's going to be a children and dog party time massacre. That's right. Yeah. So we don't. So you. So this is our Halloween episode. You're dressed up as a cat. I don't have any face makeup on. I'm mostly not wearing my costume. Yeah. But I do have yellow and black tights. Believe on. it or not, this is the third time I've been on this program, and uh, and this outfit that I'm wearing, save for my drawn-on whiskers and cat nose, this is exactly the outfit mm-hmm. they always have me in. Seems right. So, well, that's true. That's the same for me because okay. I'm not wearing most of my uniform. But I was a flight attendant, ah. and the the first thought I had when they asked me to do the Halloween episode, that, sorry, the Halloween episode, that's, was, thank you very much. <laughs> it's important that we specify. No, no. Was how are what if these chi- tiny tiny children who love the show don't yeah. remember or recognize me? Of course, no one will care. 
And then when I read the script, I was like, oh, of course. We wear our normal weird outfits, but they did a little twist. Right. So I'm a B. Right. Well, you know, children are stupid. (laughs) And unless you put it... No, it's unless you're very, very clear. Unless you're very, very clear with who they're supposed to be watching, they'll have no idea. Mm -mm. And it would adversely affect their enjoyment of the show. Very much so. Let's be honest. Every single time they watch it, because this is one of those shows that young children will watch... Over, over and, and over, over and over and over, over again forever. Yes, really, they're helping us uh, yes, because indeed. you are you are building a fan base now. You know, indoctrinate them young. Get them. That's what they say. Get them while they're young. Get them young. We want to be for the life. crack cocaine of entertainment. Oh boy, for these young, young oh, do we do we ever? Uh, I did an episode of That's So Raven. Okay, yeah. Way back in Oct 2. <laughs> uh, and uh, that, they actually sat on that episode for almost a year before, that, uh, before it aired. So it aired in early 2003. And to this day, it is now 2016. To this day, I have 15, 16, 20-year-old people yeah. walking up to me and telling me that they loved me on that So Raven when they were kids. Fantastic. And I'm like, I did one episode <laughs> of yeah. that show 15 almost yeah. years ago now. You're That's in there. insane to You're me. You're a part of their, I'm, like, what do you want to call it? Like a hard drive. Yeah. Opposed to like your temporary memories that they're making now. Right. They're not going to remember. No. They probably won't even remember how much they loved yeah. XYZ pop no, no, no. star that yeah. they thought they wanted to marry. Yeah. They'll remember you. They well, a few of them tried to marry me. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, no, but that's it's crazy. So that's what I think we're doing now. So brace yourself. Okay. Twenty years from now, like a mother of two is going to see you. She's going to be like, "Oh my God, Janet, you're the bee. You were the bee. I, oh my God, you're such an important part of my childhood. And now yeah. I have two kids of my own. And then I'm going to weep copiously. And then you're weep. Well, she was a teenage mom, so she's got her own problems. And then I'm going to think, well, that's certainly true. And also I'm going to think I'm still recognizable as myself. Great. Right. <laughs> that's, Great. I love that. In, in looking past your raisin face, <laughs> I think you might be someone I used to know. <laughs> uh, copyright Gautier. I'll take it. <laughs> Copyright Billy Joel. Yeah. Uh, Raisin Face, one of his <laughs> least appreciated <laughs> songs. Really not Wasn't that the B-side received. of the California Raisins? It was. That it was. single that they it had was. out? It was. And it was str- the lyrics were strangely dirty. Um, speaking of like uh, being blown away by time passing, mm-hmm. um, I when I was getting my hair done... Uh, and I, we, you know, said hi to each other or whenever it was. But anyway, I, yeah. at some point it became clear, like, oh, I know this other person. Yeah. Um, and they they said, how do you guys know each other? And I said, well, we've known each other for quite a while mm-hmm. through just the kind of comedy world. And then when I really thought about, like, when I would have first met you, which was one of the very first sketch fests, it was like 10 plus. Oh, yeah. And it has exceeded 10 years. Yes. I would say it was sketch fest 2005. Isn't that something else? Yeah. That is something else. We did it. You did it. I just showed up. Well, you've Let's shown up. You've shown up more than I once. have shown up quite a bit. That is of all the fests. Yeah. Uh, of all the comedy fests, if we if we can qualify them as such. Yeah. Uh, that is certainly my favorite. Well, that's uh, good to hear. It, it well a it happens to be run by people I know and love, uh, and b it is one of the most honest festivals. No. Oh, that's nice. Because I've, like every other comedian, performer, what have you, you get invited to festivals over the years, and it is clear that some of them are 
strictly to make money right. for the people running them and right. the venues and the comics can go fuck themselves. Uh-huh. And that has never been what Sketchfest is oh, to me. Good. Um and uh, and it always to me has seemed to be about the comedy and the and the and that, you know, the comedy and the performers first. Yeah. And I Thank I love you. that. Thank you. And you have seen you've been in so many of the different types of the shows that we do. Uh, by virtue of being what I'm going to go ahead and call a utility player, Ooh. which is just to say, you're a, you're a pinch hitter. You are the person like like all these different kinds of shows mm-hmm. will all say yes. Having Sam would be great, oh. opposed to someone else who may not really you right. know be good at everything. Sure, out of their comfort zone, maybe out of their comfort zone. Yeah, on, in some other formats. Uh, well, thank you. That is very sweet of you to say, and I'm, I'm flattered to be thought of that way. And I guess, yeah, I feel I feel like you could plug me into almost anything. Not a hundred percent. All ragtime comedy but show. All, uh, the all ragtime comedy hour. You could do Starring it. Starring Sam Joplin Levine. We'd have to like slightly alter that song. It would be like when the Simpsons do a parody mm-hmm. of something where it'd be like da 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 I'll have you know that Seymour Skinner tried to play Scott Joplin's The Entertainer. Is that true? On the show. It was in the episode where everyone does whatever they want. Yeah. And he tried to do it. Uh, oh, wait, was it? No, I take it back. It wasn't Skinner. Jesus, what's wrong with me? It was Reverend Lovejoy. Okay, okay. Uh, voiced by the same person. That's say, what threw I think me. That's a very, very easy slip up. Yes, it's not like it was you Reverend said. Lovejoy. You no, know. no, no. I'm going to get this. Yeah. I'm going to get this. That's so funny. You, have a d- you do have a good uh, trivia knowledge of many pop culture things. Thank you. you. Although The Simpsons is probably my, you know, one of my strongest. Okay. Uh, however, I must put a caveat to that. Simpsons seasons two through, let's say, 11. Okay. Where are they now? Like 29? Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Right. They are well over 25, yeah. I think. I think this year is going to be their 28th season. Yeah. Yeah. That's bananas. I, would put, I would put my oh. uh, comfort level in discussing episodes at, at, it's right in the same wheelhouse mm-hmm. as yours, but probably... But there, for, but for me, it's become like just a handful of very specific moments that mm-hmm. come up for me all the time. Oh yeah. Versus like feeling like I have an encyclopedic knowledge yes. of all the stuff. Oh, that I, I saw. certainly have that. Is this mine? Oh yes, I certainly have that same thing where uh, in throughout the day, certain scenarios will come up in your life, and more often than not, the same Simpsons quote yeah. or scene or whatever will pop into my brain yeah. as a good. Uh, reference point, but then other things will just pop up out of nowhere, like you referencing the Entertainer. Yeah, no I kidding. I wouldn't have thought about Reverend Lovejoy tr- tr- forcing himself to try to play the Entertainer <laughs> on the entire church uh, uh, group. That's not something that you think about when you kneel down to pray to Jesus every night to thank him uh, for your many. That blessings. is true, or as Homer would call him, Jeebus. Jeebus, yeah, absolutely would. Save me, Jeebus. Save me, Je- Oh, Jeebus. My one of my favorite Homer quotes of all time uh, when he was in a yet another precarious situation. He looks to the sky and says, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, please save me now, Superman. 
It's just that is perfection. Some good <laughs> shit, right there. They got you early. They got just oh like you're boy did all they all these children early. Boy oh boy did they. Now let me say this. I really sprung this on you, so I seriously doubt you have any idea what my podcast even covers. Is this a podcast? It's a pod. It's a podcast. I thought you were just saving this to, to listen back later <laughs> on like a long train ride or something. I mean, you first of like, all, I do like a long train ride if sure. it's a comfortable train. Sure. Second of all, you're right. I don't have to share this with anyone if I don't want to. No. This could be just You've changed us. my whole life. <laughs> just, just now. Just my archives. Just you now. Sh- share it with close friends and family. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it'll be like the slideshow days where like, I have a bunch of people over and I, we all just sit around in a radio, right. kind of, and right. listen to you. Yeah. Well, at this point now, I feel like uh, since that was the guys I was under, I feel like if anyone else does listen to this, um, it's like they've, they've taken a peek into our private lives. That's true. You're, gonna, you're being violated even now, as we now speak. I, I, don't, I don't feel good about this at all Super now, Janet. Super violated. In fact, I'm going to ask you, uh, please do not share this with anyone okay. else. Okay. Okay. Um, let me just make sure this is working. <laughs> Click. Dial tone? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my podcast, uh, th- I got to get into this with you a little bit because, okay, yeah. um, because I'm, this is a, maybe a singular, I don't know that I've ever had this before in my 200 plus episodes. I'm trying to think of someone else that I would have podcast where I make sure to spend some good juicy time talking about teen years. Mm-hmm. Who actually was on a seminal program Ooh. about the awkwardness of teen years. Sure. Which just occurred to me as I was about to say, like, well, listen, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't start at least asking you, you know, yeah. where you grew up and where you were a teenager. And then I started thinking, wait a minute. Right. Well, no, I did. Uh, I did have a real teenage life. Yeah. Uh, How I old was, were you when you did Freaks and Geeks? I was 17 years yeah, old. Okay. I thought, I mean, I thought the chances of you being actual age right slim just because right john daly was actual age john was 14 when we shot the show 13 when we shot the pilot 14 when we shot the the one season you can't fake that kind of prepubescence you absolutely cannot (laughs) uh and uh god bless him yeah uh but uh no i was i was 17 playing 14 yeah could have played 12 my (laughs) god what a baby face um but uh yeah no i had a real for you yeah great It's it's helped me as much as it's hurt me of over course. the years. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I uh, I I had a regular-ish uh, teenage life. I was, I mean, I had been actively pursuing an acting career. And was that from, in L.A.? No, it was oh, in New Jersey. Okay, in northern right. New Jersey, where I would go into Manhattan uh, almost every day wow. uh, for auditions. And then by the time I was 13, 12, 13... I was playing comedy clubs pretty regularly as a as a shitty stand up. <laughs> uh, I will make no no mistake the about calling myself adorable. Oh, yeah. Precocious, but adorable, you must have terrible. But you understood. Like I got to get, I got to di- dig right into get in like my my sense. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I even I knew kids who were on like one really awful Nickelodeon show that shot there called Hey Dude. Oh. Somebody that I went to school with was on that show. And um, and there were a couple of other things that shot there. And so, and I was like a big theater kid in, mm-hmm. in my public school. But I had no, like my, my ability to think past my own experience mm-hmm. was non-existent. Right. So in my mind, 
whatever they were doing that made it possible for them to, to do that yeah. was so far removed from anything I could ever achieve or do hmm. that it, it never occurred to me that I could like get an agent as sure. a kid or whatever. Sure. It was just like a thing that happened to them genetically right. or something. Right. So you obviously didn't have that experience and, and, and also something like stand-up comedy like I anything that it seemed that grown-ups did yeah I would I just would have thought well that's not that I can't I don't belong there right you know so I'm so interested in where the impetus for kind of going you know uh, what what if I just did it now yeah came from uh, I will I will happily tell you um, so when I was 11 years old in 1993 um, the uh, uh, HBO comedy hour uh, platypus man Richard Jenny's 1993 HBO comedy hour aired. And that, and I mean, I knew what stand-up comedy was kind of vaguely before then, but I'd never actually sat down and watched an hour-long special. Yeah. You know, I'd seen five minutes here or there. And I watched an hour-long special of Richard Jenny do this, and I went, oh, that's it. That's, that's the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I'm supposed to be the guy on the stage making the funny, and everyone laughs. And you really and had that sort of light bulb moment. I had a, and it was an absolute oh, light bulb so moment. Cool. And so... I started writing gift. my own. Well, Whether or not it holds. I mean. I feel like, though, I mean, this is going to sound shitty, but I feel like a lot of people have a moment like that. Right. And then for whatever reason, either it's something other, you know, something more interesting comes along. Right. Or uh, they realize, oh, it's not something you sign up for and it happens overnight. Right. Um, or life just gets in the way, whatever it is. Sure. I feel like, and I don't just mean that for stand-up. I mean, like, for performers. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I always say when younger people ask me for advice in performing, it's like if there is anything else, anything right. else that you could do that would bring you happiness in life, do that instead. Yeah. Because you are asking me for advice in a business with a 95% unemployment slash failure rate. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it's hard. Isn't it hard to be, to have the responsibility of being that like truth teller? I. Like, uh, that, like oh. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard enough. Hard enough enough for me to absorb what's hard about itself. No one told me I was also going to have to deliver <laughs> that news deliver that bad to news. other people. And for the record, even today, I will wake up and I'm you know awake sometimes at four in the morning, washing my face before I have to go be on set at at five thirty in the morning to make a hundred dollars that day. <laughs> sure, hundred percent. Yes. You know, to shoot somewhere in the yes. desert. Yeah. And I'm I'm just staring at myself in the mirror and I'm just going. Why didn't I take my own advice? <laughs> what is wrong with me? And those are my better days, too. Those are the days that I'm working. Um, but, but anyway, so, so yes, I had that light bulb moment. And then I guess the thing that separates me from some other people is I was like, no, 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 no. This is going to happen. Right. I'm going to do and it. I think that's so cool. And uh, it was great. Again, because I was sort of a shiftless, you know, floating right. child who didn't know. Well, I, I mean, but here's the real here's the real tipping point, as Malcolm Gladwell would put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was not, I would not say the seeing Platypus Band was the tipping point. That put it in my head that that was something that was an available job right. as an adult. Right, right. And you're in your Manhattan adjacent, so that's right. already you, like the right. reality of sort of this is the city where you keep hearing like we're proud of this place because you can make your dream come true. Yeah, and that stuff is yeah. happening right there, right now, and right. it's sort of the mecca for that right there, yes. right now. The, I, I get all that, for but sure. the tipping point came about a year and a half later when I was 12 years old, uh, just about 13, and so I had basically learned every joke from Platypus Man. And that was the one that 
Did you had you seen by that time any other? I'd seen examples, a handful. I mean, the one, but that was I, I, I mean, I, I cringe to say it now, of course, but you know, Bill Cosby's himself was also kind of a seminal yeah. stand-up special, that, and um, unfortunately, that's going to just be true. Yeah, and for all the horrible for, things yeah, we know it's now, awful. But uh, you know, and Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and and a number of Richard Pryor and Steve Martin specials. Yep. You know, thanks to my dad. Shout out to my dad for making sure I saw the good stuff. Big time shout out. Um, and, Do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I have one older brother okay. uh, who's also as big a comedy nerd as I am and uh, and so I learned all of Platypus Man and then I would do it at like family gatherings mm-hmm. I would do the selected cleaner bits or bits <laughs> that I would then clean up do you uh, remember any of them I remember all, all of them. them will you give me one quick one I will give you two seconds of one okay. for a variety of reasons okay. uh, so <laughs> this is the one that when I was 11 years old yeah uh Still 11, this was the very first time I ever did what can be considered stand-up in front of a real audience was I got asked to host my sixth grade talent show. Great. And uh, the the music teacher, Mrs. Chanel, wanted me to emcee it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how to emcee. She's like, you're funny. Just tell some jokes. I was like, jokes? (laughs) Oh, right. Like Richard Jenny does in that special. I'll just tell some of his jokes. (laughs) So, as you do. As one as does. totally permissible. So then, well, <laughs> I wasn't getting paid, so I didn't feel like I... That's true. You know. Uh, so uh, I did the... Uh, he had a, a wonderful bit in there about going to Red Lobster. And uh, and <laughs> he's like, you know, really, it's kind of sadistic, the, the Red Lobster thing. You go in there and you see all the lobsters and you have to, you have to pick out the ones you want that they're going to you know, take to the kitchen and, and murder for you. You know, really, I have a hard time doing that. That's why I got to go in there, you know, get pretty drunk. And then I start feeling like a Roman emperor. Yes, the brown one. (laughs) He amuses me. (laughs) Bring him to me. He shall pay for his crimes. So yeah, so I'm 11 I years old. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> yeah, video oh, exists. Wonderful. Of that. Um, and uh, how to go over? It killed. Great. Naturally, because it was very good material <laughs> that a very hardworking comedian had tried hundreds and hundreds of times. Please tell me that he eventually found out. Oh, that he you... very much really. Did. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. It didn't like he didn't. I mean, he didn't find out. Like it didn't get back to him. Hey, some kid was doing your material at a right. at an elementary school. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Very no, hopeful. he found out because and, the thought, and that he would think it was adorable. Right. He found out because I then did thirty minutes of his material at my bar mitzvah reception. <laughs> and so my, and that was on video oh. and my mother sent it to him. Oh god. How'd that go? Uh, it went great. He I'm sure. Uh, he sent me uh, How a, he sent me a headshot of him that says, uh, "Hey Sam, thanks for memorizing my act. Uh, you'll be hearing from my attorney soon." <laughs> uh, signed Richard Jenny plaintiff. <laughs> So great. Oh, God. And then, uh, and so at that point, by the time I was 13, let's say, or, well, yeah, by the time I was about 13, is when I was like, all right, I can't do actual Rich Jenny material if I want to do clubs in the city. Like, I knew that that was the dividing line. Oh, wait, I'm leaving something out of the story. The point is, so I was doing Richard Jenny's jokes. Uh And one or two jokes that I'd written on my own that weren't as funny, but still I had to slide them in there. And I... uh, so friends would ask me to play their bar and bat mitzvahs because uh-huh. they remembered me from the talent show and we're all turning, you know, 13. Uh-huh. And so I 
my buddy Jason was having a bar mitzvah in the city. He did the ceremony, and then we're at the reception. He's like, hey, man, do you want to do like five, ten minutes? I said, sure. And so I get up, and I do my act. I do Richard Jenny's act. <laughs> and then Lisa Kudrow no. happens to be his oh cousin. Oh, my God. That's and, fucking And approaches bananas. me afterward and was like, hey, that was really funny. Are you a professional? I was like, no. She's like, really? I feel like you should be. I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah. You seem like you have the timing and the confidence for it. If you want to pursue that, you know, later in life. Right. It was kind of what she meant. Right, right. She's like, you know, if you want to pursue that, I think you should. And you were like, and I, was I like, want to cool. pursue that later tomorrow. Right. I was like, cool. So how do I do that? Yeah. She goes, do you live in here? And I was like, yeah. She goes, just buy Backstage Magazine. Wow. And I was like, okay, thank you, Lisa Kudrow from Friends in its first season. No kidding. I appreciate that information. Yeah. And so then I went home. I was like, mom. Lisa Kudrow from Friends told me that I should be a professional and we have to go buy Backstage Magazine. So let's (laughs) do that. And so that is what we did. And we bought Backstage and there was an ad in that issue. No. It was a management company specifically looking for kids who did stand-up. Gold Star Talent Management. Sid Gold, my very first manager. Yep. And so my mother and I made an appointment. We went into the city. I did some of my act for him. Right. Uh, which was not great, but I was like, I can't audition with Richard Jenny's act. That's wrong. Uh, and also, we, like, I just, when you say which was not great, we are talking about a child. Fair enough. And but here's I the thing. don't know who that child is that is also that age and right. is like nailing it. <laughs> right. Like, I the, he has I, he's some, the Richard yeah. Belzer of the 12 year olds. Yeah, exactly. This kid is natural born funny. Yeah. Um, sure, but I'm still not going to ever let myself off the hook. I understand. Um, I understand. So anyway, so was he? So did he book you on like? Here's all these. Here's a bunch of grown-ups, and then we throw in this yes. wonderful. Yes. So child his son uh, is a very funny comedian named Elon Gold. Oh, I, sure, I'm yeah. sure you know yeah. Elon. Uh, and so, what? Originally, it was was that Sid would do this one comedy show maybe once or twice a year, um, and uh, it was like the the, the Gold Star t- Talent Showcase, where the kids would hone their act okay. or whatever for a couple months, and then they would rent out Stand Up New York, uh, <clears throat> and uh, have a showcase for like agents and stuff, uh, and and casting directors. And so that was, I feel like, the, the, the goal of finding kids who did stand-up. It was like a great way to showcase them other than, you know, an acting showcase. Right, right. Which are a dime a dozen. Right. Um, and, and Elon would work with all the kids because he was a, a, you know, known, successful yeah. stand-up. Yeah. And he would help work and hone the jokes and everything. But with me, because I came in kind of already having the stage presence and confidence of someone who had crushed at really just dozens of bar and bat mitzvahs. Uh, I I came in a little more polished, and so I feel like it was Elon who was like, I want to get you on stage now. Yeah. And so Elon and and Sid uh, put their necks on the line and, like, talked to club owners and uh, carry over at at Stand Up New York and... um, Oh my God! I can't believe oh, Lucian uh, 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 uptown. They were nice enough to take Elon's word for it and give me stage time. When you were doing those shows, did you feel like you were a novelty, or did you feel like you? Do you know what I mean? Like, did uh, you feel? I knew I was a novelty, but not as much as I do now. Like I know now, 
how ridiculous it was. At the time, I was like, I know this is a little silly, right? But right. I'm prepared, right? 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 And uh, and so I, the first year or so I did it, I gotta believe the only reason I got laughs at all was because the audience felt bad about letting a kid as young as I was and even more young looking than I was uh-huh. bombing. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and I would typically do the early shows. So, you know, seven o'clock on a Sunday or whatever. Yeah. It's all tourists in there. Yeah. I kind of always thought like the first 90 seconds of my act, they would, there was like polite titters. And I was like, I feel like they're all waiting for a 35 year old right. comedian to take right. the stage right. and be like, all right, that's my kid. Hope right. you guys enjoyed that. Right. Right. And so that almost became a thing that I would talk about. Like if I'd walk out on stage, I would do my opener. It wouldn't get a laugh. I would do my next joke. It wouldn't get a laugh. I'd go, folks, my father is not going to walk out here and say, ha ha, you guys fell for it. I am the comedian. Oh, you are stuck with the next five and a half minutes. Yeah. So either laugh or don't. Right, right. But don't be expecting a genie <laughs> to come out of the bottle. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy everything I'm hearing. Yeah, I was, I, I was aggressive. <laughs> if they didn't laugh, I was like That's that. Well, and in that way, you were very much a yes, stand-up comedian. Yes, I was. <laughs> and so for me, the real breakthrough moment, and this is terrible, and I apologize for saying this to a lady. I appreciate that. You are a lady. Thank you. I don't feel so. Like I, I apologize that. in advance for what I am about to tell you, but you did tell me I could curse on your podcast. Indeed. The breakthrough moment for me came when I was 15 years old. I had just turned 15. And I still looked 11. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a joke that was very dirty. And I never intended to do it on stage. But at that point, I had developed relationships with a number of other comedians, right. all of whom were in their 20s and 30s, if yeah. not older. And, you know, it was kind of, it was a little dicey for me to be in a lot of these uh, clubs sure. because they're, most of them are 21 and over. Yeah. They've got yeah. bars in there. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the club owners were like, look, you can do your, your stand-up, but you've got to come in two minutes before your set, run up on stage, do it, and then get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so some of the nicer clubs were okay. And, you know, the ones that, that had food and restaurants and stuff was like, you can hang in there yeah. in the restaurant area. You cannot be by the bar. And, uh, and so I was hanging at the bar at Gotham Comedy Club with... Uh, Oh, God, who was I with? I want to say I was with, like, Lenny Marcus and Greg Rogel and Jeff Ross, and I, I feel like Elon was there also. And I, I told these guys this joke that I had written, and the joke is, I was like, how about I walk out there tonight and just say, because uh, I always told the MC never say I'm a kid or right, talk about right, how right, old right. I am. Yeah, introduce yeah. me like yep. I'm any other comic. Yep, yep. So they would introduce me, and i say, how about as my opener tonight, I just walk out there and say, how you doing, folks? I'm Sam Levine, and I got to tell you, pussy tastes bad at any age. Am I right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, great. Great, great, great. Just uh, With, just I assume, zero knowledge. Zero of knowledge. what that actually... Oh, no. Yeah. I'm years away from figuring that out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought... That, and so I, I did it for those guys, and they're howling. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you got to yeah. open with that. I'm like, no, 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 I can't. Yeah. I can't. My parents are in the crowd. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it for the fucking joke. And I was like, oh, my God, fine. And I want to say uh, 
oh, who was hosting that night? I feel like Sunda. Sunda Grunquist was hosting uh-huh. that night or something. And I was like, Sunda, if I tell that joke and it gets booze or shit gets thrown at me, I'm saying goodnight and you are going to have to go up there <laughs> immediately afterward and do yeah. five more minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I, I hope it was Sunda. Anyway, so, um, so that was the plan. And so they introduce me and I walk up to the stage and I tell the joke and there's three seconds where you could hear a pin drop followed by all of the comedians crowded in the back of the room sticking their heads in from the bar fucking losing it (laughs) and then everyone else in the theater is like oh we can laugh at that great and then they do and then i open with that joke for a year yeah yeah every time i open for for a year yeah so to speak and uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so I was like, "Oh, okay, now I get it." Push boundaries, make the audience uncomfortable, play into how yeah, young yeah. you look. That's that's got. I mean, I was doing jokes along those lines before, but nothing as edgy as that, right? And uh, and so that for me was the moment I was like, "All right, now I I feel better up here." Well, here's here's what. Uh Thank you for sharing that. I hope sure. you haven't told this story so many times that it's just wrote for you. But um, but maybe this part isn't. I don't know. Um, I'm fascinated by this idea of fitting in in a in a world where you you know that sort of by the rules you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. and how exciting that is, and how much it would kind of boost your ego on one level, but also to still know that you're not the same as yeah. the people that you're looking up to, but also like what you, what your day to day in high school was like. And was there this kind of incongruity where you were telling this like amazing joke there yeah. and, it, and, and were you that same guy in high school? And I mean, I joked about the girl thing, but sure. like, did you have, so that's, so that's fascinating to me. And by the way, I feel a real tenderness about that. Cause like most of my friends, so many people that I podcast like yeah. didn't date until college and oh, I no. always think like oh see that's why you're so wonderful because you didn't have this conventional <laughs> experience of like right. peaking in high school or whatever right but that's interesting to me this idea of like how do you tr- did you have those conversations with yourself where you're like how do I translate the feeling I have when I kill on stage yeah. to wanting to talk to this girl I have a crush on and like there you know, I, I will I will answer that it became evidently clear to me in middle school let's say let's say seventh grade that it was just not gonna work out with me and the girls in my school life i had pretty much thrown the towel in on that early on and i was fine with it because i somehow which i i realized looking back like how did i do that at 12 years old i was like it's fine i'll get a girlfriend when i'm 18 19 i don't i don't need that now yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I thought about it all the time. Right. But it was not a matter of, of, of paramount importance to me. And uh, and I was okay with that not happening. And then the next portion of that in terms of like being popular or, you know, well-liked or what have you, that was something I did want. Mm-hmm. And I tried really hard. I, I was class president when uh, I was in eighth grade and I was happy about that and you know, I'd done some performing of some various kinds in the school when I was able to, but you know, it mostly they mostly just thought I was a nerd or a loser or whatever. And I remember in the summer of ninety six when I was fourteen and I was uh 
I had had a, a handful of really, really good shows, uh, stand-up shows in the city. And uh, I was in school the next day, and I was able to walk home from high school. And I was in school the next day, and I just had a horrible day. And, you know, the bullies were after me, and the girls were making fun of me, and I just felt like I didn't have any friends, and the ones that I did, just you know, they were just my friends because it was easy. And, uh, and I'm walking home, and I was feeling so sorry for myself, and I just went, wait a minute. <laughs> High school is like another three years max. This comedy thing, I can do so, until I die. I'm telling you, this is great, because I think most of us at that age had... This, I just wasn't thinking that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure on some level I was. Obviously, yeah. as a teenager, I'm not an idiot. I'm like, I won't always live at home or I won't always right. be in these classes. But for whatever reason, my memory of it is just that I just feel like it was like one day to the next. Like, I really was just sort of looking at what was, hence, I made some bad choices. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I made plenty yeah. of good choices and was a good student, but it doesn't, but like, I was definitely making reckless, classic drug use <laughs> teenage, you know, decisions and uh-huh. stuff where. I def I just wasn't, you know. Yeah. I just didn't have like I. I think all I knew was like I didn't really know what I was going to do. There was this kind of assumption yeah. that I was going to be an actor, but like a huge part of my brain was like unrealistic, <laughs> you know. Sure. So when you don't have like the backup, but you also don't have the passion that you were describing, mm-hmm. then there's this like nebulous emptiness of like uh-huh, I'm good at stuff, but I'm not right. Like why am I not? Like what am I going to do? You know. And yeah. so having that, the ability to both in them, you know, as you were saying about this idea of relationships and also being able to look at the end of high school and go, that's not too far away. I mean, don't yeah. you feel like most young people are like, oh, after like six months, oh my God, it feels, feels like, like it's been happening forever. Oh, it, when you're a, a kid, especially a teenager, every month feels like an eternity. But you also had this outside world that was right in front of you all the time, reminding yes. you of that in a way that most of us didn't. I guess yes, I, I did. I, I'm very lucky. I was able to, on a routine basis, three, four times a week, get a taste of yeah. what life sh- would be like, hopefully, after yeah. school. Yeah. You did- know, going into the city, auditioning. The, the most typical thing I would do is if I... So I was auditioning and trying to, you know, er, er, get jobs as an actor at the same time I was doing stand-up. And so the most common thing would be, like, my manager would call me and say, okay, I have an audition for Sam for, you know, Nabisco. Uh, it's at 5 o'clock, and since you'll already be in the city, I, uh, if you want, I can get you a 7 o'clock spot at Stand-Up New York. And I'd be like, yeah, great, perfect. Yeah. So I'd go in, I'd do the audition. Uh, I would drive into the city right from Jersey with my mother. She'd pick me up after school. We would drive into the city, maybe get an after-school snack or whatever, and then uh, I would go and do the audition. She'd wait in the car when I ran into whatever building I was going. I'd do my audition. I'd come back to the car. I would sit in the car, or we'd go to a park or something, and I would do my homework for 90 minutes or whatever. And then we'd go to the club. I would do my set. She'd wait in the car a lot because, you know, you go in and out and... 12 minutes. Did you ever joke about that? Like, was sure. that, that got incorporated oh, all in, the like, time. in my mom's I was like, in the car? Yeah. If I started bombing, I'd be like, folks, if you want me to get out of here, the, the meter's running. Yeah. My mother is literally <laughs> in the car waiting outside. God, it's so interesting because like that, again, I'm, I know I'm getting very philosophical on this. That is kind of the nature of my podcast. But <laughs> it, again, this idea of like the meta-ness of yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? The being of a teenager, not to mention then you end up a few years later 
in a high school campus setting yeah. on a show, yes. which is also like the ultimate meta of it all. Mm-hmm. But to be in that place where you're constantly commenting on everything that's happening up yeah. to and including the moment you're in right then <laughs> yes. is so rare, <laughs> right? That's yes. so unusual. Yes. To be like, listen, I get the irony that da 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 da, whereas somebody else would, would make that same joke yeah. 10 years later. Like, yeah. you know, they'd have their version of whatever you were doing but it wouldn't be this it would be like but you know my mom was waiting outside for me while i was at my football game like it just wouldn't be right. anything that yeah you, you could you could call attention to in the moment and go like this is weird right yeah i mean i just it just struck me i, I guess on some level i knew how funny it was to an outsider yeah and i was like i'm just, i have to call it out it's crazy and do pe- and did to. people say like you're an old soul? Oh my god! From <laughs> from the time I was six. So then, when that role came along for Freaks and Geeks, you, did you even wonder if anyone else would get it? I feel like that everything you've just I, described, it feels like yeah. you were being set up to be yeah. able to be this sort of neurotic old man teenager. I, yeah, I definitely. I mean, the you know the. Um, What's the expression? Uh, they say that uh, luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm a firm believer in that. And so here is, here is the luck scenario uh, that led to me getting free I mean, geeks. for God's sake, the Backstage Magazine looking for stand-up yeah. kids. That's is crazy. In and of itself, it crazy. Like, gorgeous. Um, so I, I'd been auditioning and, you know, for several years, for about five years at that point, uh, when when the Freaks and Geeks audition came up, I had never auditioned for a pilot before that. I'd auditioned for one or two guest starring roles on yeah. shows that shot in New York. Didn't get any of them. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I had gotten before that was an episode, a, <laughs> a lineless part on an episode of One Life to Live. Nice. And I only booked that because I knew how to juggle. Yeah, well... Also handy. Uh, pay it off, and uh, and so that was it. Otherwise, it was all just commercials and and goofy voiceover stuff. And uh, and so on Freaks and Geeks, the the reason they saw me was they were specifically looking for non well known kid actors, non famous, yeah. green, yeah. honest kid actors. Yeah. And so that's why I got in there. And then when I went in there, I. I, I was originally reading for the, the Sam part that, that John Daly played. And it said, you know, he's a comedy nerd. He likes doing impressions with his friends. And I did impressions in my act. Yeah. Specifically, the shitty William Shatner. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> Got to. And so I was like, well, this is just too good not to do it. And so God bless her, my mother saw that and, and said to me at my as I headed into my Freaks and Geeks audition, you should do your William Shatner impression. Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't know. She's like, just do it. Yeah. And so I go into the room and I say to the casting assistant who was putting me on tape, it's like, listen, I do a William Shatner. Do you, you know, do you want me to, to do it? She's like, oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it at the end of your read. Okay. So I do my very mediocre acting of, of the, the Sam Weir part. And then I say, should I, should I do it now? She goes, yeah, sure. And then I l- break into m- my terrible William Shatner impression. <laughs> You know, of a of a sixteen year old, and ah, Bob, you know, all that, and uh, and so uh, the 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 punchline there is when Judd was looking at those tapes, he of course immediately wrote me off for the terrible read, 
But then when he saw the impression, he went, this is ridiculous. And only put me on the list for callbacks because Paul Feig was coming in to see all the kids and for callbacks. And he wanted to be like, get a load and of this. And he wanted me to do that impression uh, for Paul in the room yeah. just to give him a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, to give shit. him a laugh. And so that's why I got on the callback list. And so I did my impression for Paul. And then it was Paul who was like, why don't you read for Neil? Yeah. And so that was the first time I read <sighs> for, so for Neil. And then obviously that, that read seemed to go a little bit better. Yeah. And then they brought me back in the very next day to read for Paul, Judd, and Jay Kasdan, the director. And then the day after that, they called and said they want to test you in Los Angeles two days from now. And then I got on a plane with my mother and flew out to L.A., which I had never been to. Yeah. In fact, that was only the third time in my life I'd ever flown anywhere. And, uh, and yeah, I went out to L.A. And, and booked it. And I was like, well, I feel like those five years of stand-up <laughs> may have just paid off. <laughs> I don't know. Was that, did that immediately affect how you felt about the idea of a career just as a stand-up comedian once you sort of had a, f- a sense of like, oh, yeah. I've been auditioning for these other acting things, these commercials, this and that, but that doesn't seem to be paying off the same way right. this immediate thing I don't want to say comedy. that paying off, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times I actually got paid yeah. to do stand-up I mean, when like, I was a teenager. To get the feedback, yes. the positive feedback that you maybe aren't getting because yeah. you're not booking as much doing Yeah, those. I mean, by the time I was 16, I had sort of figured I would keep you know, uh, auditioning and everything in the city as often as I could. But if I graduated, which I was going to do in three years anyway. Yeah. So I was already in what was essentially my, my last year of high school at that point. And this is February of that year. So I, I had already applied to schools and everything. And so my plan was basically if I didn't book an acting job, uh, you know, a big enough job or whatever, that I would go to college and, you know, keep my manager and, and try to get auditions when it was prudent, uh, but then try to keep doing comedy stuff wherever I went to school. Yeah. Um, and, and just keep working on that. And so that was sort of my long-term plan if Freaks and Geeks had not come up. Yeah. Uh, but it did, and we shot the pilot, and then I went home and graduated, and the pilot got picked up, and I moved back to L.A. and shot for almost a year. And and we were shooting until the following March. And then I turned 18 the, 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 the night we had our rap party. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, the show is canceled. <laughs> it got, it got, the show got canceled like nine days later. Uh, and I was like, what do I do yeah. now? And I made a deal with myself, which was I was going to stay in L.A. Uh, and... I, I felt like I had a little bit of steam coming off of the show. Yeah. I was like, I still got my representation. I got, you know, solid representation. I'll let them keep working for me. And if I don't book a job within six months, I will enroll in classes locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knock on wood, in s- almost 17 years now, I have not gone six months without booking work. And I feel like that's always sort of been my my benchmark mm-hmm. um, which is good because I'm way too old to enroll in classes now it would Don't just listen it would just the, be ugly the gift of learning and education it's true it's true Time no I don't want to shit on that you're never too old no that's true I mean you're certainly old looking and believe me the millennials will mock you yeah but uh, you're never too I don't old I know you might be able to shave that beard and no one would I think feel like wiser. I could go 21 Jump Street on their asses I 
I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, but I don't know if you want to hear that, if that's a good thing or a bad thing at this yeah. point. Let me ask you this. When you were doing that stuff in high school, did your... I mean, you, you mentioned that you had some friends that there were moments when you were like, I don't even know how real this is. Yeah. But w- did you have friends who came and saw you? Or did you? Ha- was it really this whole other life that you were like... And then you just don't have anyone to talk to about it. It was a whole other life because even my closest friends were still 15 and 16 years old. Yeah. And their parents were not going to take them into Manhattan yeah. to see to a comedy club on a Tuesday night. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Did you have... Uh, uh, did you have like a... You had that. You had school. Uh, I'm asking you this because you mentioned all the bar and bat mitzvahs, yeah. which I was. I'm not Jewish, but I felt right. like all my friends were. Sure. So I just went to a million. Yeah. And these guys know I have. Uh, I always felt very left out because they were always going to like the JCC or yeah. a camp together, mm-hmm. and that was like, oh, Janet, this is where we leave you. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything's okay up to this point. Yep. See ya. Yep. Um, did Sorry, you have Shiksa. That? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, not to over talk this, but Please. all my Jewish boyfriend's mothers were so mean to me. Oh, and no. Most of it, like, I'm trying to think of one who wasn't kind of mean to me as if I was going to be the person that they married. You weren't? You didn't marry I all mean, of your I didn't school get a boyfriends? chance to marry all of them. Mm. But now I realize it was what I represented, so I don't feel as bad. But all at right. the time, I remember thinking, like, that was the only kind of right. wherewithal I had to go, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's a little early for you to be looking askance at me because you don't yep. approve of, yep. you know, the fact that I'm not Jewish. But now I think, oh, well, she couldn't see, you know, these women couldn't see past sure. this idea of, like, oh, this is the road he's headed down. You know? Right. Um, and some I've, parents don't care about that, but I no, just I kept the, picking boys whose parents really cared a lot about the well, idea of the same kind of the horrible Jewish mother thing that they like to say is, you know what shiksas are for? Practice. Yeah. Oh, it hurts yeah. me to hear that. I'll have you know, almost all of my serious uh, girlfriends in my life have all been shiksas. Well, there yeah. you go. There you go. But did you, so that was where I was going with that. Was did you yeah. have a sense of community too that was uh, separate from high school? Or uh, yeah. was ever, or did you kind of go to school with the another, same people that no, you went to No, no, I went to a, a Jewish sleepaway camp, and I had, uh, we didn't quite have a JCC like that. Like, I didn't, I did some stuff with a, a Jewish youth group, mm-hmm. um, but not, uh, not, not, not anything regularly. And, uh, and I definitely had a sense of community and uh, w- with that crowd, but it wasn't that I felt ostracized from the my regular school it was like they just don't get me i am i am a painter and they will never appreciate me in my own time here and that's fine and the joke of it is my father went to the same high school as paul simon Mm -hmm. and uh they weren't in the same class i i feel like paul simon was a senior when he was a freshman they didn't know each other it was one of those things that years later it was like yeah you know paul simon's and so that's how he told the story to us. And then my father would say, but to hear some of my older friends say it, you know, they were the inspiration for me and Julio <laughs> down by the schoolyard. And I'd be like, all right, okay, good to know, Dad. Yeah, and yeah. so hearing him tell that story when, you know, kids were nasty to me mm-hmm. or dismissive of me in high school, yeah. one of the recurring thoughts I had was, I can't wait for 20 years from now when you try to tell people yeah. we were best friends. Yeah. 
because I'm going to let them know what a fucking prick you were and always have top been to me. Top of my list. That honest piece of information is at the top of and my I list. And I could not have foreseen Facebook. Oh, sure. But let me tell you, if you, <gasps> looked at my, there? if you looked at my Facebook page, you would think I were the most popular kid <laughs> at Fort Lee High School with all the close friends I've yeah, got. Yep, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, have you? Did you go to like a high school reunion ever? Or to my knowledge, have not we have not one. had a high school really? reunion. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, mostly because I guess I just assume someone somewhere always plans. There reunions. was someone who was supposed to, and I guess he dropped the ball. Ah. And then there was a Facebook group started about it some years ago, uh, for what would have been our our ten year in uh, 2010. Didn't happen. Okay. Uh, I guessed we missed the 15. <laughs> Yep. Which would have been last year. Yeah. So better luck next year. Maybe we'll try again in four Could years. Be. Could be. But uh, I don't know if I would even go to that. Yeah, I don't. We have Facebook. I know what most of these people are up I to. I wonder if that has changed. Oh, it the, has yeah, to I guess have that changes it. the likelihood because yeah. I do feel like, I mean, I remember that I think mine had like a five year. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't formal, but 10 years for sure there was. And even at 10 years, I, I think I remember thinking like, I'm pretty sure I know what everyone's up to. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe how fast has gone. Also, oh. I may always say I can't believe how fast this has gone. Have we been talking um, for two hours? Uh, we've been talking for four and a half hours. Oh my God. Um, uh, I, I play this game of mash at the end of my podcast. Okay. It stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Got it. It is a game I played as a youth. I love it. Um, uh, typically, uh, it would be like, what kind of car do you drive? What kind sure. of, and you give three of each thing. But I'm going to try to customize it a little bit um, to fit uh, the conversation that we just had. So I'm going to okay. start with, um, in this alternate MASH universe, yes. three other comedians yep. that aren't, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Richard Jenny. I don't know Richard Jenny's The late, stuff. great Richard Jenny. Really? Yeah. I no think I confuse him with someone else that okay. I can't think. Anyway. But um, three... Three stand-ups that uh, you get to perform their material flawlessly. Oh, like as a young person, like oh, you you didn't hear my set of da right. da. Like, well, this is a this is almost a trick question because in this fantasy world, I'm going to bend space and time. Yes, because yes. I'm going to take comedians 100%. who are from today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely, hundred percent. Right. All right. Well, in yeah, that case, this is a crazy fantasy multiple. In that case, yeah. this is an easy one. Okay. And the answers are Louis C.K., Patton Oswalt, and Sarah Silverman. Heartily approve. Okay. Um, okay, next category is three uh, movies yes. that you can jump into at yep. will. Yep. And it's not so much that you're playing out the, the you know, you're not playing out the plot of the movie. You're not a character in the movie, but the world of that movie is real okay. in a way that enables you to hang out with the characters, live in that realm, whatever it is, yep. and just like experience the vibe of that movie. Three. Got it. Uh, the 1930 classic Animal Crackers starring the Marx Brothers. Wonderful. Uh, the uh, oh god oh um uh, uh the Breakfast Club great the John Hughes classic and um another movie I can hang on oh, see I'm 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 hesitant to suggest any sort of action movie because you're I would in a safety bubble I would definitely be killed you're in a safety bubble but uh, um no that's too serious ooh ooh I got it soap dish oh god that's a great one yeah. Oh, I would love to jump into Soap Dish. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that movie. Not the first time it's come up. Not in this context, but okay. uh, 
Again, guys, I can't say enough good things about Soap Dish. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, next one is um, three places that you would uh, enjoy having a vacation home. And uh, we'll keep it real life places. Sure. Like places in the world. But assume it's easy to get there. Okay. Uh, Chicago. Great. Uh, Hawaii. And um, just for shits and giggles, uh, Paris. The shitting and giggling capital of the Just world. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> Shigs. Just for shigs. Shiggles. Um, okay, next one, my personal favorite. Uh, three foods that in this universe, they're not bad for you. No. In our world, yeah. you should not have too much of this for one reason or another. Sure. In this world, snap of the finger. Oh. Endless amounts. Love it. Nothing bad happens to you. Could be as specific as like this deep dish Chicago pizza yep. I can't get. Yep. Or just pizza in general. Yep. Three. Okay, number one, endless sushi. Great. Just endless. Great. There's no danger of mercury poisoning. Exactly right. There's no danger of too many carbs from the rice. Exactly right. Just endless sushi. Beautiful. Number two, um, I'm, this is going to be a slash because I can't really split between the two. Okay. It's going to be between steak and hamburgers because okay. they're essentially yep, the same. Yep. One's just a little more dressed up than the other. I'll accept that. Okay, thank you. And then number three, without hesitation... Bread pudding. Oh, bread pudding. But God help you if you put nuts or raisins you want in it my bread pudding. Fairly bare. I w- just just give me a nice egg batter. Yeah. You can put a little caramel in there. Yeah. Uh, you can put, put a little like a you, can, you can put a little whiskey chocolate? sauce if you need okay, to. Okay. All right. No chocolate for no, me. I have no. a chocolate allergy. But not in so this no, world. Not well. That's true. But even when I, I used to eat it as a kid and yeah. still get really sick, I never like loved yeah, chocolate yeah, like yeah, some people enough. do. Fair so enough. I don't miss it. You don't miss um, it. No. Um, so yeah, bread pudding. Endless, I also don't really eat chocolate, things. and I feel like that's I'm saying something sacrilegious. Yeah, don't say that like, to people. <sighs> I'm so sorry for you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really that's not a thing I really think about. And they're yeah. like, what? Yeah, that's the reaction I get when I tell I people I'm allergic. Yeah, it's weird. We get each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, time travel. Oh, future, past, something you see again with a safety bubble, so it's not like right. you're going to go somewhere and then suddenly accidentally get shot. Right. Uh, could be a one very unique thing or yep. just like this era would be really fun to visit. Okay. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but the first thing I'm doing is going back to November 22nd, 1963 to get to the fucking yeah. bottom Great. of this. Great. I want answers. Yeah. I want definitive yeah. answers. I can't say that that uh, show that your former castmate was on yes. uh, did me any favors. No, it didn't give you any answers. Yeah. It just asked a lot more questions yeah. in a fantasy world. That's right. Um, but I want real world answers Understood. to a question that I think we may never get real world answers uh, to. Understood. Um, and uh, if you don't know what I'm referring to with that date, <laughs> God help you. Um, the second place I'm going to go back to is... Ooh... I don't know if I'm going to go back anywhere. I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like I'm more interested in the future than the past. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, is there like a, a couple of landmarks, sort of like ten years from now versus a hundred years from now? And is there a place in spe- like would you like to see yeah. Manhattan after? A yeah, of time? I guess. I guess the first thing, the first place would be just a personal. I don't. I'm not interested in a specific city, but just maybe to see where I am at like 65. Great. Uh, just to know how the how the next 30 years or so are going to go. Great. Um, and, and either know to, to go through them with confidence, or maybe I want to walk into the ocean <laughs> next week. I don't know. 
We'll find out. Great. Um, and then the last one, I would absolutely, absolutely want to time travel into the distant future. Okay, great. When, uh, when mankind is at its absolute pinnacle of technology and, uh, and, 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 and see how far we've come. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Great, great, great. Okay, next one is, let's do, um, let's do a fictional character, mm-hmm. three that it would be great to have is like your buddy that you pal around with and it can be Chewbacca it can okay. be Do- uh, Donald Duck it can be you know but uh, but someone someone fictitious okay Tyler or character from you know, Tyler Durden wonderful because I need somebody to whip me into shape great I really do um, by taking over your body and making yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure um, another character who I'd like to hang out with oh uh, Genie from Aladdin Great. Right? Great. Because <laughs> great, great, not great. only is he funny as hell, he's a genie. Yeah, he is. That's I'm a really get good wishes. get. That's a really good get. Oh, and of course, I'm going to save my third wish to set him free. Uh, of I'm not right. a monster. Yeah, you're a good person. Uh, and uh, third, I'm going to go back to literally any Groucho Marx character mm-hmm. with major emphasis on Rufus T. Firefly and Captain Spaulding from... Uh, Duck soup and animal crackers. Okay. I won't remember what I wrote down. That's okay. And that was a terrible sk- chicken scratch, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, okay. Next one is... Um, okay. Next one is... Uh, this is different from like being able to go into a movie. This is more about um, like bringing your existing life some texture. Yes. So it can either be... Uh, you can do a mishmash of this if you want to, but it's like your life as directed by blank style mm. or your life as soundtracked by blank band or style. So wow. it can be either one. One could be my life through Martin Scorsese and sure. then the next one is my life scored by David Byrne and then the third right. one's something different, whatever. Okay, well, this is a very heady question. Very heady indeed. So I'm going to say my life... As directed by David Fincher. Great. It would make it dark and interesting. Yeah. And uh, and there's a, a reasonably good chance I'll get laid with regularity. <laughs> Very thoughtful answer. Yeah. Good, um, solid answer. Yeah. And uh, wait, do I have any other parts to that question to answer? Uh, well, do you have two more... Oh, boy. ...types of... Types, again, okay. Again, if it's either... Okay. Then I'm going to... I'm going to swing... The other way on that, yeah, and go Tom Shadyac, right? Uh, the director of, of course, uh, the comedy classics uh, Ace Ventura and Liar Liar, among others. I love um, Liar Liar. Oh, me I've too. I've never seen Ace Ventura. What? I know. What is the matter with you, Janet? Well, right now, what's the matter is I feel food in my teeth, but I know, I know, I don't know because I'll tell you why. At the time, I found Jim Carrey obnoxious, mm-hmm. and then he grew on me over time, and then I never went back. That is bananas. I gotta see it. That's that's like, oh my god! I I almost want to say that that's like, like oh I'm such a big Mike Myers fan. What's your favorite SNL bit? He was on SNL. I know. That's well, like, I'm not a that huge of a Jim Carrey right. fan, but I do really love Liar Liar. Okay. Actually, I think he's great. I'm not just, but then like I don't yourself, love him so much that I'm like I've got to go back and see all of all the right. things I didn't see. Okay. You know well, I mean? you would like uh, okay, Ace Ventura. It. It's very silly. I feel sure that's true. I'm okay. Gonna see it. Okay, so Tom Shadyac, just for the, for the goofy. Look what I got out of it. 
Mm-hmm. A reminder that I'm stupid. No. <laughs> no, just lazy. Um, great, 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 great. And, uh, and then one more. And let's, let's go soundtrack on this. Yeah. And I'm just going to go classic. I yeah. want John Williams to soundtrack great. my life. Great. Because then I'll have exciting theme music. Well, there's a reason he is who he is. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He's not just uh, happens to be number one in everyone's yeah. speed dial no. because he was pre-programmed there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. Final category will be. Um, I want to hear your answers for this. I'm excited about this question. Okay. Tomorrow you wake up, Matrix style, oh downloaded oh a new skill. Give me three that. Uh, would take normally a lot of practice or sure. you feel like it's just outside of the realm of possibility for you. Sure. Three skills. Okay. You're number one. Amazing at. Number one. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give you, this is a two part of the, the first is the greedy answer. The second is the more realistic to your question. Mm-hmm. The greedy answer is I want to be a music virtuoso. Great. Like I want to be one of those guys who can flawlessly play every instrument. That's the greedy answer. The more realistic answer is to that though. is piano. Okay. I want to wake up and be a piano virtuoso. Do you want me to use each one as a separate? No, one? you can. Okay. Well, we can say piano on that. That's okay. the most important. Great. If I could wake up and play like uh, Chopin, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Okay. Um, next skill I would like to have is the ability to pilot airplanes. Yeah. Um, because uh, in this scenario, I am also very famous and wealthy from my piano playing skills. <laughs> So I own a jet, <laughs> Great. which I would like to be able to take anywhere yeah. I please. Great. Um, and then the last skill that normally takes a lifetime to master. Oh, boy. Let's see. Um, this is going to sound like a joke. It is not a joke. Okay. Tap dancing. Oh, I think that's wonderful. My mother loves tap dancing. She loves I Fred Astaire. I tap dance. Gene Absolutely. Kelly. And I remember as a kid, I would joke around with my brother, you know, yeah. do our soft shoe or whatever. Yeah. And that is one of those things where as nerdy as it would have been when I was like seven, I kind of wish my mom was like, I want you to do tap dancing lessons. I really get it. Because I, I feel really like I feel like that's a damn fine lost art. I think that is a wonderful use of that category. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. So I just do this little kind of a, it's a, this is a very serious scientific kind of an eeny miny mo type process Okey-doke. that uh, allows you to end up with one from each category. Yes. So I'm just going to doodle a little thing. Don't take too long, but just tell me when to stop. Okay. I'm just going to have a little sip of my beverage here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See how the Cubs are doing? Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, oh, they won. Okay, you can stop. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to pause this. I want you to rest assured that to the listener, it will seem as if no time whatsoever has passed. <laughs> Do my calculating. Yep. Come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. I love it. Let me deliver this prognosis. Okay. Prognosis, very positive. Oh, boy. This is, this is real high up on the list of you getting all of my favorites oh, which i wow. think will make you happy as yeah, well yeah yeah um number one i am so excited to see sarah silverman's material <laughs> which is so specific to her maybe more so than the other two be delivered by you uh, i cannot wait I, nor can i i'm very very excited i'm stealing from uh, the best i'll tell you who is going to get a real kick of that out of that is your very dear buddy Rufus Spaulding era Groucho Marx character. <laughs> I like that you've combined the two. I have. Nice. Rufus Spaulding is his new name. Mm-hmm. Captain Rufus Spaulding. Uh, 
th- that you're going to have such a lighthearted, wonderful time with him mm. um, that stepping back into your David Fincher directed oh. world, it's going to give you a real nice taste of both. You're going to have a lot it. of texture to yeah. this life of yours. Now, when you need to take a different kind of break, you're like, listen, mm-hmm. I just want to get out of here for a hot second and be yeah. just in a totally other world. Yeah. Soap dish, baby. Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Stop I'm coming to visit me you. Mr. Loman. <laughs> no, you can't ever <laughs> kiss her because she's my daughter, daughter. and your daughter. daughter. We're her mommy, mommy and, and her daddy. Ah, <laughs> oh, so satisfying. So I'm very excited about this. You yeah. also have a, a little getaway apartment in the beautiful city of Chicago. Oh, yeah. You can eat unlimited sushi. Oh, yes. You... No Jeremy pivoting for me. You 100% will not be <laughs> claiming mercury poisoning. <laughs> and uh, you can travel back mm. to November 1963. Oh, my God. To scratch a very large, important ish, uh, itch in this nation's history. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be so satisfied whatever the outcome of yeah, that yeah you're gonna be doing all kinds of tap dancing oh I'm gonna don't tap tell dance. me you didn't get the best ones i'm gonna tap dance on kennedy's grave because <laughs> i didn't say i was gonna stop it i just want to know how it went down that's A very terrible respectful i'm not trying to change history no we want answers. That's all. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. If eleven sixty three taught us, yeah. I guess it's can't. Don't change it. Yeah. No ripples. Um, I'm not fantastic. Ron Silver from Time Cop. No. Don't even. Don't even Time Cop out, <laughs> or we're all in trouble. Sam, what a joy and a delight. Oh. What a wonderful use of an hour plus. Yeah. Uh, on the great. set. Uh, thank you for reminding me that you do have a cat face. I think thank we should. You. I never take pictures. <laughs> I don't take current pictures of right. like. Oh, we should get a picture together. Yeah. I think in this case we're gonna have to. We might have to. Uh, but I'll do it when I have my B antenna okay. on too, Perfect. so we can really get the full effect. But uh, uh, as you know, this is my Boys of Summer series. Yeah. All I must ask of ye is that uh, you just sing, if you can think of a little snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer oh. to take us out, uh, that would be a joy. Okay. Oh, boy. If you can. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I'm a lover of karaoke, but uh-huh. this is not this is not high on the list. <laughs> so let me see you. what I can conjure up. All right. Um, all right. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have come. I mean. Or is it gone? It doesn't matter. It. That's it. That's all you get I mean, from me. To, to Autumn, I guess. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Sam, where can people find you? You are oh, on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm Sam at Levine. Sam That's Levine with two M's. Yep. Yeah. S-A-M-M-L-E-V-I-N-E. And uh, I'm at Instagram under the same name. And, uh, Perfect. And I always tweet my updates in there. So That's the best place follow. to do it. Yes. Let's, let's, let's head there, guys. Check it out. And I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.